I believe, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with addiction, depression, and fear, and my name is Kathy. I was 13 when I had my first drink. I was talking on the phone with one of my friends who was babysitting her younger siblings just as I was. She was drinking her parents' liquor to get drunk because it was New Year's Eve. I decided to do the same. Because I knew nothing about liquor and drinking, I took a big glass from the kitchen and put small amounts of most of the different kinds of liquor in the cabinet in it until it was full. And I proceeded to drink it all. I didn't feel any different immediately, so I repeated the procedure and waited. It wasn't long before I began to vomit on the green shag carpet and the room started to spin out of control. I tumbled down the brick stairs that led to my room and crawled into bed. I was sure I was dying, so I somehow managed to call my parents and told them they had better come home. My dad was just getting ready to make omelets for everyone at the party, but they both came home. When my dad came down to my room, I could see four of them. After a lot of crying and wailing on my part, I finally passed out. The next day, I believe a normal person would have said to herself, I will never do that again. I, on the other hand, said, I really want to try that again. And my drinking began. I drank whenever I could get any beer or liquor throughout junior high and high school. It continued through college, my marriage, and after the birth of my children. I had what one would call a normal childhood. My parents took me to church on Sundays and I accepted Jesus as my savior at a Presbyterian camp in Vianne, Oklahoma when I was in the seventh grade. We moved to South Tulsa that year from Brookside and my parents began taking us to Kirk of the Hills. I went through confirmation in the ninth grade and was a member of the youth group throughout high school. My senior year, the youth group took a trip to Vail to go skiing. I remember smoking weed during that trip with another kid on the ski lifts. The entire group went to a movie one night that was next to a liquor store. Someone went in and bought a bottle, so the rest of us followed suit. Needless to say, we were all kicked out of the movie theater, and someone told our pastor who was with us on the trip. I remember feeling embarrassed, but not particularly remorseful. I was a rebellious teenager and treated my mother with disdain whenever she tried to discipline me. I was bound and determined to do what I wanted to do and had little time for either of my parents. I only wanted to spend time with my friends, all of whom were drinking and smoking marijuana like I was. The last year of my drinking career, I was drinking every night. Most days I felt quite unwell due to the large amounts of beer, wine, and vodka that I was drinking. Some days, I would start to drink a glass of wine and began to gag and vomit. However, once I got that first glass down, I was good to go. In order to drink as much as I wanted without becoming ill, I would supplement my drinking with hydrocodone and Adderall. If I were lucky, I was able to get some methamphetamine or cocaine to help me keep going, and then I would stay up all night using and drinking. More often than not, the next day I would have some sort of family event or a party at my house, so I would have to spend the entire next day awake and miserable, trying to talk to people and act like all was well. One time I had to teach a toddler's Sunday school class and host my daughter's birthday party in the afternoon. When the kids at the party started blowing the party horns I had bought, I came unglued. During my drinking, I was active in my church's children's ministry. 
what a fraud I was drinking and using on Saturday nights and then going to church on Sunday mornings trying to appear like a good Christian woman. It was not possible for me to have a relationship with Jesus because all I could see was all my baggage and sin standing in the way. I felt enormous amounts of guilt and shame, but I continued in my addiction. I thought that people who did not drink were certainly leading boring lives, and the partying lifestyle seemed normal to me because most of my friends were doing the same thing, or so I thought. I thought I was being a good mother, taking my kids to church, and spending what I thought was lots of time with them. What I did not realize was that I was actually a selfish person who spent most of the time from when they got home from school drunk around them. I took them to places where they should not have gone, drove them to places when I was much too intoxicated to be driving, and allowed them to be raised in a chaotic home with two alcoholic parents. My relationship with God was tenuous. Sometimes I thought he was with me, but most of the time, I felt that he could bear, not bear to look at me due to my addictions. I did not believe that God loved me. How could he? Here I was repeating bad behavior constantly for years while telling him over and over that I would stop, only to get drunk and take another pill. I spent a lot of my time being afraid of other people. I felt less than around others and my life was steeped in shame. I just knew if people knew what I was really like, they would shun me. I thought that I was a very fun person when I was drinking because then I could relax and talk to just about anyone. However, I found out in sobriety that I was actually more loud and obnoxious than I was fun. (laughs) One weekend, a friend of my husband's was coming to spend the weekend with us at Grand Lake. I did not realize it at that time, but God was starting to open my eyes to the life I had created for myself and my family. I decided that the kids had seen enough of our drinking And I told my husband that we would not be going with him to the lake. This caused a huge argument to the point that when he left for the lake, I took the kids to my parents' house, which was next door, where we stayed for the weekend. While at my parents, I decided that it would be a good idea for me to find some AA meetings that my husband could attend when he returned from the lake. (laughs) In my mind, he was the alcoholic, not me. I had even been to Al-Anon for around six months in the past and continued to drink while my husband tried to stay sober. I truly believed that my own drinking was not a problem because I was always nice and in a good mood when I drank. And he was often angry, verbally abusive to my kids and me, and on occasion, physically abusive to me. I called AA Central Service to find out where a meeting was being held that night and left the house to go see what it was like. When I got to the location they recommended that was close to the house, there was no meeting there. However, there was a man standing outside who was able to tell me where there was a meeting getting ready to begin. I call that man my angel because on my way across town to the meeting, the thought suddenly came to me that I was an alcoholic. I now know that that thought came from God. When I got to that meeting with a nudge for my soon-to-be sponsor, I picked up a desire chip, and I have not had a drink since. That was June 22, 2002, a little over 20 years ago. I wish I could tell you that after I got sober, I have lived happily ever after, but that would not be true.
A year and a half into sobriety, my husband and I divorced after 20 years of marriage because he wanted our old lifestyle back and I just couldn't provide that for him. After the divorce, I developed a severe gambling addiction that over a seven-year period brought me to my knees. Finally, with God's help and Gamblers Anonymous, I was able to stop going to the casino in 2008, but not before many people, including my family, lost all trust and respect for me due to my lying and stealing. And trust is a hard thing to get back. I had stopped attending church back when I started AA, as I had a meeting on Sunday mornings that I counted as church. For the next 18 years, I was mostly a poinsettia and lily Christian, going to church on Christmas and Easter. I added 21 more hours to my master's program and was able to work as a drug and alcohol counselor at 12 and 12 for a number of years before retiring at the end of 2019. I had remarried in 2012, so I was staying home and taking care of the house. After about a year, my mom started showing signs of dementia, so I started going to their house several times a week and then daily to help her pay the bills, take care of herself, and take her to appointments. Her disease was too much for my dad to handle by himself. It has also been a struggle for me to watch my brilliant mom deteriorate. It was during this time that my sister asked if I would lead a women's Bible study with her at our church. I agreed to do that. During the second year, I started to really get to know the women in our group. Two of the women, Norma Murphy and Debbie Archer, made mention of Celebrate Recovery and invited me to come see what it was all about. I didn't take them up on their invitation, but fortunately for me, they were persistent. Very persistent. <laughs> and I promised to go if they would meet me in the lobby and sit with me. That first Friday night, I was nervous, but it did not take long before, before I felt like I belonged in the sanctuary, like I had found a home, a place that accepted me, and more importantly, understood me. I joined a step study, and it was there that my life began to really change. Through working the steps in this step study, I came to believe that even though I had made so many mistakes in my life, God doesn't see me as a bad person. He has never turned his back on me, and he has loved me through all my times, both good and bad. This discovery was amazing to me. Slowly, the guilt and shame began to melt away. I realized that the death of Jesus on the cross has covered my sins, both past and present, and that he wants to have a relationship with me. He wants me to study his word and talk to him in prayer on a daily basis. Through the step study, I was able to make some friends, which has been difficult for me to do without the liquid courage that used to allow me to meet people easily. In recovery, I had continued to feel less than others because of my shame and guilt. I thought that other people had it all together and had been intimidated by, intimidated by them because of my past and the way I felt about myself, particularly people at what is my former church. This has all started to change. I have grown in my self-confidence as I have grown in God's love for me and have realized that I'm not the only person that doesn't have it all together. All of us fall short, which is why God sent Jesus in the first place. Working the steps this time, I felt much more connected to God than I did in my secular recovery. Not only was I able to forgive myself for a lot of my past, 
I was able to forgive my mother and my grandmother for hurtful comments they had made to me about my appearance when I was a child and a teen. I know now that the intention was not to hurt me, and I am more accepting of my self-image than in the past. Instead of seeing myself as fat and ugly, I really try to see myself as God sees me. Because of all the changes in me, I am now able to talk to other women without so much fear. God is continuing to help me work on how I feel about myself by putting people in my life who encourage me and believe that I am a worthwhile person. In January of 2022, I received an invitation to interview for a job with Inside Out Reentry Services. I wasn't looking for a job as I was still taking care of my mother, but I really missed being a counselor and working with other people. After interviewing with Sherry Bear, I was hired as a counselor for the program. I was able to work out a new schedule for my mom's care for the three days that I'm at work at Inside Out. I have many roles in IORS, but my main one is to meet with the women in the program weekly for counseling and encouragement. When a woman enters the program, I administer an assessment which tells us which areas of her life need attention. A treatment plan is then formed with the intention of helping her reach her goal for each area she wants to address. The job has continued to change my life as I grow in my faith and self-worth. I have been a member of the barbecue team for over a year and I enjoy serving people and getting to know the other volunteers. After my step study, I attended the trust-based parenting classes and have taken a shortened version of TBRI training, which has allowed me to help some of the mothers in the IORS program with their needs and their children's needs. I have since become a leader at CR, helping an open share as needed, and now leading my second step study. To the newcomer, I want to encourage you to keep coming to celebrate recovery if you desire a change in your life. I know you will find the warm fellowship that I have found as well as the love of Jesus. Stay for the small group time to work on whichever area of your life is troublesome and then stay for cafe recovery for dessert and time with other people just like you. It may not happen overnight, but if you will attend a step study and give it your best effort, your life will start to change for the better and you will make some good friends. Thank you for letting me share my journey with you all.